Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and a pervert for good dick smell. Bad dick mm. smell's another thing. Not really my jam, but <laughs> I guess it's subjective what's good or bad dick smell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You, oh. oh, this is interesting. Okay. I'm going to do mine first and then I have thoughts. Uh, I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a porn maker and I didn't shower this morning. So I smell like roll bad, but it's okay because I'm like real into it. Um, so I have thoughts on this good bad thing. Yeah. Like conventionally good and bad are one thing, but I think yeah. that the rest of it is very subjective. And there's also like, I don't. Very subjective, and also I don't think actually tied to preference, because I mm -hmm. think there is certainly something to be said for bad smells which you enjoy, and like you wouldn't describe <laughs> them as good because part of what you enjoy about them is that they're bad, um, or part of what I enjoy about them, and certainly other pervs out there. Um, so yeah, I don't know, just fascinating little rabbit hole. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it's sort of like how kinksters can experience painful sensations and perceive them as pleasurable on some level. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we're just finding different ways to perceive things or to view things, which is nice. Right. And I mean, I think it's around the eroticization of like filth and grime and sweat and mm -hmm. all of that is like, uh, no, I don't want to think that this person smells good. They smell bad and that's like filthy and hot. Right. <laughs> yeah. In the right context. But yes, I, yes. I hear you. Um, we're talking today about sexual grooming and hygiene because mm -hmm. last week I was in the shower shaving my legs and I was like, I don't think that we've ever talked in depth about like body hair and stuff. And then I was like, I don't know that we have an hour worth of stuff to say about body hair. So maybe like general grooming and hygiene would be a better topic. And we got a lot I of really great this. listener questions. Because last week I was showering sporadically in a camp shower that didn't quite have any warm water ever. Um, <laughs> nice. Living that luxury yeah. life. Yep. Yep. And, and feeling real, real gross. Um, but on Sunday during a foursome at the Queer Orgy, someone <laughs> who doesn't know that I'm like a perv for armpits and good smells and things said, how do you feel about licking armpits because you smell delicious right now? And it was just <laughs> fucking perfect. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> was that the first time that, no, that, that's definitely not the first time that someone's done that to you, right? No, Ash licks my armpits all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is the first time that like during a casual hookup, I guess, mm. someone had, I think. Yeah, I've had it done to me less than five times, I would say. Uh, and I am surprised every time by how good it feels. Like, it's not something yes. I ever would have predicted would feel good, but it's like a sensitive zone that nobody ever touches, really. Um, yes, I don't even touch I, my own. I just, like, I don't even touch them when I'm putting deodorant on them, you know? Like, I'm so detached <laughs> from my armpits. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, and I, like... I always think of it as like, oh, it's hot because it's filthy and it's a mental thing and it's about like the taste of sweat and stuff. No, there are nerve endings that go straight from my armpit to my dick. I didn't, they didn't teach me about them in biology, but they are absolutely there. And there yeah. are like different areas of my armpit that I like licked in different, like 
different ways and there are parts that are particularly sensitive versus other parts. Anyway, armpits are fucking great. (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting for me finding out that it felt good for me because all of the kind of like psychological hygiene type stuff that's related to it for folks is like not something that resonates with me at all really Mm -hmm. um as a top or a bottom but uh it still felt good and it sort of reminded me of like times when i've had foot fetishist partners who would like suck on my toes and stuff and i would be like psychologically i don't get it really but like there's a lot of nerve endings that's great Mm -hmm. we're both happy Mm mm-hmm Okay, so let's hop into some of these listener questions about grooming and hygiene. First one, very common question, do vaginas need to be washed with soap? Um, Short answer, no. No. Long answer. No. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But but there is more to say about this. Um, And I should say I'm not a doctor or like a, Mm -hmm. you know, vaginal flora specialist, but I do know from owning a vagina for 29 years uh the vagina which is the internal part does not need to be washed with soap it is self-cleaning do not put soap in there you're gonna give yourself Mm -hmm. an infection if you do that or at the very least some irritation the vulva on the other hand is the external part so like your clit your labia all of that stuff and that sometimes can be washed with like some kind of I wouldn't say just like normal soap like please don't use normal soap especially because it might get in your vagina but I for over 10 years have used this product called diva wash which is designed Mm -hmm. to be used to wash the diva cup menstrual cup and Mm -hmm. so it's like very gentle and it's ph balanced um still would not put it in my vagina but I use a tiny tiny little bit when I shower to wash like the labia and clit area Um, And for me, that seems necessary. Like, I notice that if I don't do that, it starts getting a little grody. I know that there are some people Mm -hmm. who just use, like, a washcloth and water. And, like, whatever works for you is fine. But if you are going to use some kind of soap product, like, try to use something that is specifically formulated for that area. So I would say Diva Wash. And then also Sliquid makes one. Mm -hmm. Is it maybe called Sliquid Splash? Something like that. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I use, I mean, I use a relatively gentle body wash on my whole body, so I usually Mm -hmm. just use a handful of suds and water and, like, cleaning Mm -hmm. out my junk area. I will also add, um, this may seem like a weird thing, but if you are a person who is on tea and your junk changes, you have to pull the hood of your clit back to clean underneath it. Good tip. Which is, yeah. Um, in the same way folks with foreskin need to pull back a little bit, right? There is a mm-hmm. lot more surface area there than there used to be for me. And that is an area that you have to like, I don't know, kind of like your belly button and stuff like pay attention to and actually get in there and clean because it will get gross. There's lots of folds and stuff for just bacteria to get caught in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also um, while you're washing that area, take care to wash the uh, kind of crease between your bits and your thighs also. Um, Mm -hmm. I one time got a topical yeast infection in that area, which I had no idea was a thing, like not a vaginal yeast infection, like a yeast infection on the skin because Mm -hmm. I would have sex and then fall asleep immediately. So that area would just be damp all the time for like several Mm -hmm. hours, which apparently Mm -hmm. is not good. I've started now like wiping up with a tissue um, before I put my underwear back on and go to bed. Um, Bodies are different. You may not need to do that, but like it's worth considering and also keeping that area clean is a good idea. 
That makes a lot of sense. I try and keep baby wipes next to my bed usually or um, some washcloths or whatever. And then I usually ignore them and fall asleep anyway, but that is good (laughs) to know. Yep, yep. (laughs) Okay, this listener asked, what should I do if I don't like the way my partner tastes? Uh, and the perennial, like, classic sex educator advice for this is, like, hop in the shower before you have sex. And then, like, you don't have to mm-hmm. shame them or be like, go take a shower. You're gross. But, like, I always feel like that's not the most practical advice, particularly if this is, like, a recurrent issue in a long-term relationship. Because your partner's going to be like, what the fuck? Why do you always want to shower before <laughs> we have sex, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think... Something to keep in mind is that, like, your partner's taste probably changes over time, like, depending on the day, depending on, you know, maybe you don't go down on them when they have had, like, got home from the gym versus, like, you know, morning sex or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If they are a person who has a menstrual cycle, their taste is probably going to change based on that, too. Um, If... It's probably going to be hard to negotiate those timing things without telling them what's going on, (laughs) you know? Um, You don't want to be like, it's because you're gross, right? Um, But you could make it about more of a you thing. You could say, like, I tend to not particularly enjoy strong-tasting genitals overall, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I prefer to go down on you on times when it is more mild, right? You mm-hmm. can frame it as a thing of like, these are my preferences. I recognize that like, I have a particularly, I don't want to say particularly sensitive palate to these sorts of things, but like, <laughs> I'm a I don't know super what taster. the, <laughs> right, well, I don't know what the sex equivalent of picky eater is, but if you can frame it as like, no, like I get this is a me thing. Your genitals are allowed to taste like what your genitals taste like. <laughs> the face you are making, oh my god, I'm just, I shouldn't have this done is, that while you were drinking. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a. I'm trying to think of a pun face. Um, <laughs> picky beater, picky meter dicky eater i there's something there Listen, I don't it's know. in there it's in there it's in there <laughs> i'm not awake enough yet <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think if you could like own it as much as possible as a you thing and i don't if if we're talking long-term stuff i don't think there is a way that you're going to be able to just keep this to yourself and yeah. like you're going to seem weird and they're going to get paranoid that something else is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a partner once who would never go down on me if it was the morning and I had slept over the night before and he never said anything about it. Like, he never explained why. And, like, not that you're obligated to, but, like, <laughs> people notice shit like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it's related to their own bodies. Um, I like that you said focus on you know, describing it as a general thing rather than being about their genitals specifically because tons of people have a ton of shame about how they taste and smell. And so that's Mm -hmm. the reason this question is so delicate is because you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings and there's a very high chance that you will in this situation. In terms of like actual physical workarounds, like if you want, you could use a dental dam, you could use flavored lube, although as you usually say, that's going to taste like dick and strawberries and not just strawberries. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You could use a dental dam or a condom with flavored lube on it. Um, Mm -hmm. 
it's also possible that the way that they taste is a health issue. Sometimes mm-hmm. vaginas taste different if they have an infection. Um, sometimes it may be like what you were describing where there's like smegma that builds up under the foreskin or under the clitoral hood that needs to be mm-hmm. like extracted and taken care of. Um, it's, it's really difficult to know how to approach this with a person. Uh, but you probably know your partner best. I would just say really try to be non-stigmatizing. Like don't equate their hygiene with like their morality as if it's something that they should, you know, care much more about and and a personal failing for them as a person. Like it's just Mm -hmm. a, it's just a body thing. Um, you know, be nice about it, be tactful, but yeah, I do think that you have to communicate about it to some extent. Right. And the way we taste and smell is also like related to our habits and things. If Mm. this person is a smoker or like has particular diet, those are all going to impact taste and smell. And like, if it is fun for you, those are things that you can like manipulate to see what happens. Right. Um, But like, I don't want think you want to be like, so you need to quit smoking because you don't taste good to me. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. Um, if it is more of a, <laughs> yeah. like, thing you mutually want to experiment with, great, do that. And if you, like, don't like the way they taste and smell so much that it is, like, actively infringing on your sex life, like, that is also allowed to be a deal breaker. Like, mm-hmm. your, your body tastes and smells can just not be super compatible that doesn't mean they're not going to smell great to someone else but like mm-hmm. just, just be like this is just our something about our chemistry just doesn't mix and maybe don't say that that is the deal breaker <laughs> i don't know that's a lot be like i'm breaking up with you because you smell um but like you can also just accept that like because like bodies are going to make smells i think it's very silly to yeah. expect your partner to just cleanse themselves of all smells when they're around you or cover them with other perfumes like bodies are are gonna smell so -hmm. if it is so much that you can't be comfortable around your partner when their body smells like their body that's a you thing and they probably shouldn't have to deal with you having issues with that through a whole relationship because that'll give someone some issues (laughs) yeah yeah uh, in terms of things you can eat that will make you taste better, uh, I think Violet Blue has a recipe on her website for a smoothie mm. that she recommends uh, for people to consume if they want their cum to taste sweeter. But uh, it has ingredients in it that even by themselves have benefits in that way. Like the big one that people always recommend is pineapple, which can sweeten mm-hmm. your cum. Also things like cucumber, um Fruits, uh, more water, more hydration, avoid garlic, onion, asparagus, that kind of stuff. I think coffee mm-hmm. is also one of those things that can change your flavor, but I actually coffee, don't mind that. Notice. Like, I, I don't mind a coffee flavor on, on somebody's junk. That's actually not too, not too disagreeable to me. I don't mind it either. Um, coffee and cigarettes are two things that like I don't consume, but can absolutely tell when I obviously when I'm kissing, but like mm-hmm. just in the body smell and taste of people I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like a weird thing to say, but it is like I'm like, oh no, I could tell. Like I can tell on my bot on my bo that I smoke weed. Like in addition <laughs> to just like my clothes sometimes smell like weed. Like mm-hmm. if I've been smoking a lot of like oh my sweat smells slightly different interesting right (laughs) um 
So like you can cert- I've also heard red meat, but like I am not giving that up. So well, um, <laughs> but yeah, there are. Uh, it is interesting to see how what we put into our body changes how it smells and tastes. Yep, bodies are cool. Next listener question is: What's the consensus on pre-anal etiquette? Does one need to use an enema every time anal is on the table? You know your body better than I do. You know your butt better than I do. Um, stick some stuff in your butt solo time every once in a while. Like, on occasion, jerk off and put things in your ass and <laughs> see how it goes, honestly. Like, like a little I have, cake tuster kind of situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, not like, uh, not like, hang on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get fucked in the ass. Let me go test this. But just, like, get acquainted with your body and be like, okay – when I am feeling good, when I've gone to the bathroom that day, when I am like feeling horny and wanting to put things in my butt, how does that go for me? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Figure that out. I t- haven't ever used an anima, uh, not because I have any issue with them, because I'm mostly because I'm lazy and it has never been an issue. <laughs> uh, not that I've like never encountered poop but it's never been enough that i've been like oh god this is mortifying (laughs) right like yeah i i usually use condoms for butt stuff because it makes cleanup easier because if there is any like residue or whatever you take it off and throw it away um Mm -hmm. and i'm not particularly easily squicked with the incidence of running into poop. Like, I'm putting things in my butt. That's where we make it. Um, it's, the, <laughs> it's the likelihood that I might run into it, I think, is fairly high. Yeah. I've accepted that. Um, if the idea of running into any fecal matter at all is utterly horrifying, then yes, you need to do an enema before butt stuff, right? Um, if you are a person who, like... I don't know, regularly encounters it when you're doing butt stuff or doesn't have particularly regular bowel stuff. Um, You know, if you're a person with IBS, yeah, probably, right? Um, You want to, like, so you know your body and you know your butt better than I do, and it's more of a, uh, like, risk assessment decision than it is there is a protocol. Um, But you also, that's going to depend on who you're playing with, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If you're playing with someone who has an equal level than you, fine. Someone's going to be more nervous. You may want to take care of them. If you're playing with, like, a provider or a sex worker, like, you may want to go out of your way to be, like, a little more clean for them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just going to depend on you and what kind of evening you're expecting. Yeah, I agree. Um, I pretty much always do an enema if I'm planning on um, having someone's dick or fingers going in there. Um, mm-hmm. Just for like a butt plug or a toy, I don't tend to care that much. Um, mm-hmm. I do tend to use like darker colored toys sometimes, like if I'm at all worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, just a brief uh, enema PSA. Don't use enemas just like from the drugstore because they tend to be <laughs> laxative ones. If mm-hmm. you do that, you can rinse it out and put lukewarm, plain water in there. But also mm-hmm. you can go to sex shops or order online like an actual anal bulb thing, uh, which is what I would recommend. Just try to make sure that it's made of a non-porous material because you don't want like gross bacteria in your butt beyond mm-hmm. what's already <laughs> in there. Um mm-hmm. I once read an article that said that Nina Hartley does an enema every day because 
anal is such a big part of her life with her partner. I don't know if that's still true or if I'm misremembering that or what, but uh, in my understanding... Don't do that. That's why. Yeah, yeah. In my understanding, it's not really safe to do them that often. Like, I assume Mm -hmm. since she's a porn star and a former nurse and everything that uh, she knows what she's doing and she's making the right decision for her body. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in general, from what I understand, it can really disrupt the flora in there if you do them that often. I would say probably, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like two to four times a month is probably like the most I'd feel comfortable doing one, mm-hmm. but I am not a medical professional. You also want to do them a couple hours before butt stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also probably a couple hours before like getting on the subway or whatever. I've heard too many stories of New Yorkers <laughs> being like, and I am done with that enema. Going to head to the bodega real quick, <laughs> getting on the subway and being like, I am not done with that enema. Oh no. <laughs> So, like, give yourself a little wiggle room there. Um, But, yeah, otherwise, it's a judgment call. Did I tell you that when I brought a copy of my book over to my family to show it to them in person, Mm -hmm. my dad looked at the table of contents and said, oh, I just saw the word animas. I'm out. And then just walked (laughs) away. (laughs) Well, a man knows his line. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think enemas are like the weirdest thing in there, but I guess it really depends on what squeaks you, I guess. (laughs) Really. (laughs) All right. Um, This listener said, what are some basic sexual hygiene supplies you should stock up on if you want to be a great host to overnight guests? Okay, so I mean, I think baseline, it's handy to have tampons and or pads in your house, whether or not you are a person who menstruates, if you are a person who hosts anyone for any length of time. Um, Mm -hmm. I think those are a handy thing to have in your house. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say keep like uh, disposable travel, like toothbrush, toothpaste, that sort of thing. I like to keep a couple like unused ones Mm -hmm. in the house. Um. I generally use fragrance-free, like, body wash and my shampoo and conditioner aren't, but, like, most of the stuff I use is, like, gentle skin fragrance and, like, face wash and stuff, gentle skin Mm -hmm. fragrance-free. So I don't feel the need to keep other stuff on hand because I can share that um, because I'm, I have, we have a mutual friend with a uh, pretty intense fragrance allergy. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, I don't know, maybe keeping... um, like a particularly gentle skin friendly versions of soap lotion, that sort of thing might be handy if there are folks showering in your house and you have stuff that you have a particular preference with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's coming to mind for you. I would want some wet wipes that are genital safe, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I can't off the top of my head, remember exactly what to look for, for something genital safe, but I would think again, fragrance free, uh, mm-hmm. something really gentle, maybe something made for babies. I've heard that. Yeah, I was going to say baby be. wipes. Yeah. Um, those are nice to have. Maybe put them on like the back of the toilet, you know, somewhere where they're like accessible mm-hmm. and it's easy for the person to tell like that they're allowed to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have a garbage can in the bathroom. I know that this has oh, been a point of yeah. some contention um, in some Reddit threads because a lot of uh, cis men don't know that you need to have a... <laughs> A garbage can in the bathroom. Um, Do they not and, like blow their nose? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess the thinking is like if you have one in the kitchen, like it's close enough or whatever. And there's not the other side enough, of my like, goddamn house. Absolutely not. 
<laughs> I don't even bleed anymore and I'm not dealing with that bullshit anyway. Yeah, because it's really embarrassing when uh, if you happen to be menstruating or whatever and then you have to try to get rid of your tampon, but there's no place to throw it out in that room. <laughs> oh like that's when people tend to like flush it down the toilet, which you really shouldn't do. It's bad for the plumbing or mm-hmm. like be really sneaky about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I remember reading one story on Reddit where a woman like, wrapped up her used tampon in in toilet paper and just like put it in her purse because there wasn't another like easy convenient thing to do with Uh, it i hate that oh it's so bad it's so gross Uh, i mean if you want to be really fancy for overnight guests this isn't so much a hygiene thing (laughs) but like earplugs and eye uh Mm. like eye mask type things depending on my partner doesn't sleep well in places that are, they are not used to, right? So having that stuff available can be, like, handy for people who use them to sleep. Alongside, like, I also keep plugs for devices that even I don't have. Again, it's not a hygiene thing, but it makes you a really cool host to be like, no, I don't own any, any Apple devices, but yeah, here's a lightning charger for your phone, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so slick. Uh, deodorant would be another good thing to have on hand, I think. That's one of the mm-hmm. things I often forget to bring with me when I'm staying over somewhere because it just doesn't really occur to me. But it's good to have. Yeah, and I honestly, even having some of this stuff, I think, makes you look pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like the simplest things, like just being able to be like, oh, you're staying over? Hang on, let me get you a fresh toothbrush. Being like, what? You just have the knee. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, just yeah. one of them is enough that you're like a little bit fancy. Except the bathroom trash can. That is baseline. The fuck yeah. is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'll say about that, too. I like a bathroom trash can that has a lid or that at mm, least that you can't mm. see into it because a lot of bathroom trash is going to be stuff that you'd rather keep private. You know, that's, that's reasonable. That's just mine nice. doesn't have a lid. Mine is just overflowing. But, you know, I do have to be a gross dude somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, another question. How the hell does one go about shaving one's butt? Um Carefully. Yes, I can tell you what I do, but of Mm -hmm. course, you know, different bodies are different. I stand in the shower. Sometimes I'll sort of lean forward and brace my upper torso against the wall if I need balance. And then I reach back with one hand kind of like under the butt cheek and pull the butt cheeks open that way and then reach back with the other hand to use the razor. Mm. Um, I would imagine you could do it the other way, like leaning forward all the way. Uh, But that seems trickier to me. But of course, you know, Mm -hmm. different bodies are different. So I don't shave, I wax. But the way I do Mm -hmm. it, I think, might work. Um, I mean, first of all, I make my partner do it, which makes it all easier. (laughs) But if I am doing it alone, um, A, I have a mirror installed on my wall, that I definitely didn't install at this height accidentally and decide to leave there, that is low (laughs) enough that I can sit and or lay on the floor and see my junk in it, Mm -hmm. Um, which makes waxing and shaving so much easier um, because it's very well lit. It's right next to a window and everything. Um, And what I do is I sit slash lay on my side Um, photographers used to tell me I was sitting like a princess when they wanted me to do this. Um, but you know, with like your knees kind of out to the side and kind Mm -hmm. of leaning on your side, Mm -hmm. um, that way I can see my ass in the mirror and pull it open that way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm leaning away from the microphone to demonstrate this to this vast <laughs> audience that cannot see me right now. This is high quality podcasting. Doing great. Um, but I will sit that way and kind of lean um, so I can see my ass. So my so my ass crack is like parallel to the ground um, and pull my ass open that way. And then I can gravity kind of holds it open a little bit for me and I can wax or presumably shave mm-hmm. um, the bottom cheek and then I switch to the other side and do the other thing because it's just weird to go against gravity. Um, mm-hmm. And that makes it easier for me to see and access that part of my body um, in the mirror. So obviously it's a little more complicated with shaving because you need to somehow get water to here, um, but <laughs> it might work for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, also for genital and butt shaving in general, I wouldn't recommend using a shaving cream. Um, mm. They tend to be pretty drying and can be irritating to that area. I tend to use a little bit of hair conditioner, uh, oh. ideally, again, something with low scent um, because it provides a lot of slip. It's not super drying or irritating in my experience, um, and it just results in a smoother shave, I find. I have found um, when I did shave, I've used like shaving cream specifically formulated for my junk that I mm. found fairly helpful. Cool. Um, and I have heard people use uh, silicone-based lube because it again will not be it won't foam up, so you won't um, like it won't make it hard to see what you're doing, but mm-hmm. it will stay fairly slick. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a couple of Brazilian waxes, which include waxing of the butt area. I was mm-hmm. actually really surprised that the butt hurt less than the genital part for me. Yeah. Um, and it was also just weirdly comforting to have this, like, very assertive, competent woman just, like, ripping all my hair off <laughs> and, like, reassuring me throughout. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Waxing my ass is, like, almost universally when I talk to people – getting your ass waxed is the easiest part. And it's also Mm -hmm. kind of the fastest. It's like two strips and you're done. Mm -hmm. Uh, The front, I always have to go over a couple of times and like, it's a pain in the ass. And like, there's always a moment where I'm like, no, you really, they're like, we're just going to lay one more strip. And I'm like, nope, whatever hairs there is staying. It's fine. We don't (laughs) really don't need one more strip on this very pink area already. Um, That never happens with my ass. Although Mm -hmm. now that I'm on tea, who knows? (laughs) Okay, um, speaking of shaving or waxing a partner's bits, um, this listener was asking, how to wash slash shave a partner's bits in a sexy and safe way? And then another person separately asked, why are people into shaving other people? Um, I mean, how to do it in a safe way. We've talked a lot about the products you want to use, like get the right products, make sure it's fairly well lit. Start with a safety razor. Don't start with a fucking straight edge. Um, and practice and talk to each other and like, accept that you might nick someone, right? You're going to like little paper cut type things are probably poor for par for the course in this type of play. I haven't done it. Um, but I wouldn't engage with it if I was, if I didn't accept that that was like a possible reality. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just getting to know and practice on someone else's body, I think is, is the best way to do that. Um, Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. It's not my kink. Um, I'm sure 
if I were to imagine though, right, if I were to imagine being into it, for me, what I think would be fun is a degree of trust. It's a very mm-hmm. sharp thing to put near a very sensitive spot, right? Um, I would think about um, ideas of intimacy, right? This like process of cleaning is generally a very private thing of grooming and like there there are degrees of worship to that, right? Um, I am doing this very intimate task for you. Um, there's probably something pretty interesting if we're talking about particularly a, like, someone with very hairy genitals going to nothing. There's a process of transformation and almost, like, revealing their junk to you and, like, (laughs) I don't know, cleaning it up and, like, putting it on display and, like, oh, I took, you know, I I got it all beautiful and now I'm going to eat it, you know, or whatever that (laughs) looks like, right? Um, But, like, just fully, you know, I think there is something really fun about, like, caring for someone in that way, particularly their genitals. Um, So those would be my guesses as to what is hot about it for the people who find it hot, which is, I guess, now me, now that we're done with that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think you talked yourself into that kink Uh, that's my job (laughs) at this point 90 percent of this podcast (laughs) um i have had a partner shave my legs before as a scene i would recommend starting with a non-genital area if that's something that you're both into just Mm because it's like lower risk lower risk of injury and pain and uh also other areas tend to just be easier to shave um Mm -hmm. But if you want to shave someone's genitals, I would say if they shave their own genitals, watch them or have them mm-hmm. teach you their technique first, which is something that I've done with my partner. Um, I think that shaving vulvas is like a bit more complex than shaving dicks and balls. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of like holding the skin out of the way, holding it taut in various mm-hmm. different places. So that's the kind of thing that I would want to show a partner so that they could learn to do that. Mm-hmm. Balls are tricky like that, though, too. Yeah, that's true. I got some figuring and wrinkles and shit. <laughs> oh, no. Um, as for why people are into it, I agree with you. Like, the trust and intimacy piece is a big thing. There can be kind of a fear play element because mm-hmm. there is that sharp object. Um, there can be gender feelings, feminization, or whatever it may be. Um and for me, the times that I've done it, it's largely been like a service thing. Um, mm-hmm. Just really nice to have someone attend to me in that way. It makes me feel like a princess. And I think what's so interesting about that is the way that the power can so easily go in either direction with that, right? Yep. The person shaving can fully be in like this worshiping servitude position where like, yes, this is my task to care for this person who is dominant to me and like do this thing that they don't want to do for them. But it could just as easily be like, well, daddy's taking care of you and daddy needs to do this for you to get, you know, his little toy all pretty the way he wants it to be or whatever that looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it is such a nurturing thing that like, I mean, you know my soapbox is that anything can have any power dynamic, <laughs> but I think this particularly lends itself to that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think that's good. We can move on to the yeah. next one. Okay. <clears throat> this is something I have experience with. This listener asked, if I have a partner that likes fucking me and smelling me when I'm sweaty, musky, dirty, etc., but I feel gross and unconfident that way, what should I do? 
Fuck uh, the more. <laughs> yeah, I I do think it is possible that it will get better and easier with time. Um, I dated someone who had, as I said, like an armpit fetish and was into like sweat and smells and stuff. And he preferred partners to not wear deodorant when they were hanging out with him, which I found really difficult and challenging for this exact reason. But when I talked to uh, one of my metamors about it, she said that like it had gotten easier for her over time and she had, you know, adjusted to it and learned to find it sexy, which I think is often what happens. Mm. Like you pair a stimulus with sexy sensations and arousal over time and it's going to start to seem more arousing generally. Yeah. And like I, I say, you know, do it more glibly, but like I also mean talk to them about why it's hot have them like wax poetic about why they love your body smells, what turns them on about your body smells, like when you're fucking them and you smell in this way that like makes you a little insecure. Have them talk about how good you smell, how hot that is, right? Um, learn what is fun and good about it for them. And like, I think that is your best route to kind of empathizing with them and starting to find it if not, you know, at least neutral, if not a little sexy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think talking to them about that. And also, like, I don't know, you could also get used to smelling that way not around people, right? On mm-hmm. days when you're just home. I <laughs> I have gotten used to my body smells so much more during the pandemic because there are days where <laughs> I just don't go out. And I'm like, yeah. well, I like this smell and I can just live with this smell all day because I like it and I can. Um, mm-hmm. And you may not like it, um, but live with it for a day or two where there mm-hmm. is no one else around to judge you, not even this person who you know is going to judge you positively. Mm-hmm. And see how you feel about it at the end of that day or at the end of the next day. Maybe sext them about how you smell and, like, describe it for them. Or, like, wear a shirt and then send it to them so they can experience how you smell, like, separate from you and and send you filthy things about what they think about that smell, mm-hmm. right? Um, play with er- eroticizing it and getting used to it in different – and, like, getting comfortable with it in different contexts. And hopefully that will make it a little bit easier for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I also think it's worth thinking about the psychological roots of your discomfort with it, which Mm. might be more specific than you'd realize. Like maybe you were bullied at one point for the way you smell or, you know, you have some kind of formative experience that makes that difficult. I know that for me, I eventually identified for myself the fact that one of the reasons I felt uncomfortable in that state was that it reminded me of times that I've been really depressed when I wasn't showering. Mm. And so it kind of put me in that headspace. It just brought me back there. Um, and as soon as I realized that, I, it kind of had less power over me because I could kind of like notice that feeling coming up and be like, oh, but that's not the situation that we're in right now. It's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think over time, your brain probably would have like you can create new associations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it would become less of a, like, this is how we smell only when we're depressed and more of a, <laughs> this is how we smell when we're depressed or horny. I don't know. Weirdly falls yeah. in both categories. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, another listener asked, what can I do about little bits of toilet paper that gets stuck to my vulva other than showering before oral? Um, this happens to me. 
I have two tips for you. Don't know how much they'll work for you, but here's what I do. First of all, a better quality toilet paper typically yep. does this yep. less. Um, I know it can be expensive, so you know you got to weigh your priorities here. But I have found there's a massive improvement. It, it tends to be really cheap toilet paper that does this to me, like especially like uh, public bathroom toilet paper. I find is like really bad about this. Um, Another thing is, like, if I'm worried about this, sometimes I'll just go into the bathroom before sex and grab, like, a washcloth and do, like, a wet washcloth rub down. I find that that mm-hmm. tends to get most of it off there. If you want, you could also, like, sit down with a mirror and, like, painstakingly pick it all off of there. That's probably what I would do if I had no other option because I get nervous about partners thinking that stuff like that is gross. Uh, but, yeah, that would be my advice, all three of those things. Yeah, agreed. I, the washcloth or like I think a baby wipe would also do the job if you're not home and can keep some of those in like your bag or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I my biggest recommendation is just better toilet paper if you can swing it because it's yeah, it doesn't happen with better shit. Yeah, if you're uh, having to use public bathrooms a lot, like maybe at work or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. I I might be worth throwing, you know, your own toilet paper in your bag to bring with you. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on how. Right. Listen, you if you're it. peeing at work and then having someone go down on you in the stock room, you have your priorities. I, like, <laughs> I, it's fine. Right. I get it. <laughs> you know, bathroom break at noon, oral at twelve thirty. You, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, another listener asked what do you think about the idea that removing body hair makes a woman look childlike and kind of pedophilic I I have heard this I know I'm I'm so tired tired. tired. can we not this reminds me of um, how Jillian Keenan the spanking fetishist and writer has written about people calling her sexual orientation pedophilic because spanking is something that sometimes people do to kids and it's like Okay, but you're an adult and it's consensual. It's a different thing. It's a completely different thing. Right, exactly. Like, uh, there are a million reasons to remove your body hair. And I I have never spoken to someone who removes their body hair and says, I'm doing it to look youthful. <laughs> or like, oh, I, I do this because I want to look underage. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we... like. We find it hot for a million reasons. And some of them are because that is what people look like in porn and media. And we have been taught to find those things attractive. And like, that's complicated and also true and fine. And we're allowed to find those things hot. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so like, yeah, it's, uh, I'm not, I'm tired. It's, there is no grounds in anything. Like, I don't even feel like there's anything really worth debating there it's not (laughs) grounded in anything like except fear mongering so like i don't if if it's not your thing it's not your thing but i'm not it doesn't mean we're trying to fuck kids i don't that's a weird leap to make it's a weird leap guys yeah it's weird also like if you are into age play or whatever like something related and you like uh removing your body hair to achieve a vibe that works with that that's cool. Again, that's yeah. adults doing it consensually. Totally different right. thing. Right. Right. I don't... I don't know, man. It's weird. It's possible, I guess, that you might have a partner who says this to you. Like, your hairlessness freaks me out because you look too childlike or whatever. Um, in which case, like, 
either they can work on their shit or if you're willing to grow it out, you can grow it out. But like, I think that that's on them. I don't think that you I need would... to worry about that. Yeah, I'd encourage them to unpack some things there. Yeah, I, I think that need I I think that requires some extra conversations. Like that's that's a big leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose in some situations it could be like triggering or something if it reminds you of a experience that's related to that. I don't know, but again, that seems like uh, yeah, that's. I mean, sure, there are going to be extremely specific circumstances in which someone has an extremely valid reason for having an issue with that of their body or their partner's body, and they're allowed to have that boundary. But, mm-hmm. like, I I almost exclusively see this as, like, a broad discussion on the yeah. way everyone else should be having their body as, like, some tweet or meme or something, and it's... Uh, no, no, it's... One person making a huge leap and a lot of people being like, yeah, that enforces my belief that shaved vulvas are gross, so I agree with it. And I'm like, ah, that's, mm, no. Yeah, I feel like this argument often comes up from people who don't shave and are trying to defend that position. Like, there's Mm -hmm. an Amanda Palmer song called Map of Tasmania that's about pubic hair and how much Amanda loves having pubic hair. And there's a line where she says, uh, shaving, that's so whack. It hurts with stubble. Walking around, look like an eight-year-old. And it's like, you can defend your position that you like having pubic hair without throwing under other people under the fucking pedophilic bus. Like, it's very <laughs> possible. It feels very, like, I'm not like the other girls. I don't know. It feels very strange to me. It's like, those two things can be separate. We're allowed to have different preferences and not shame other people's preferences. It's totally doable. Right, exactly. Like, you, you're just, you're, you're allowed to have body hair. It's, that's fine. It's fine. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's that on that. One person asked, how can I change my grooming slash hygiene routine to be doable when dealing with an injury or chronic condition that makes it hard? Uh, First thing that comes to mind for me is baby wipes. Those seem Mm -hmm. a lot easier than a lot of things. I know that some people who have injuries and can't shower or bathe will use baby wipes in the interim or kind of like a sponge bath situation. You could do something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to vary wildly based on what your limitations are and where. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, baby wipes are a huge help. I think what I would do in this kind of situation is look look at my routine because I have a pretty strict routine that I go through because otherwise I will forget things because I have ADHD, right? So I would look at my day-to-day routine and say, what is going to be made harder by Mm -hmm. this limitation that I'm dealing with in this moment? Um, And what is the most important parts of this routine, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The things that I feel worst when I don't do. Um, And then I would find accommodations for those is it as simple as like i actually like i can go a a day or two without a shower but like if i don't put lotion on my skin gets all tight and itchy and annoying so i'm gonna keep my lotion next to my bed so if i can't even get out of bed i can at least do that part of the routine because that is the part i feel fastest Mm -hmm. um 
So like find the thing that you feel fastest. If it is like, oh, I hate the smell of my armpits and you can just keep baby wipes nearby to take care of that. If you can keep like a leave-in conditioner or something for your hair, if it gets a, like, if you're like, wow, if I have bedhead and look in the mirror, it just makes me feel like shit, right? Mm-hmm. Find the the easy fixes and um, find solutions to those and then accept the fact that other stuff's going to fall by the wayside. Like maybe I won't use my acne cream every day because I can't stand in front of the mirror and look at where I have acne, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm not going to like clean and cut my nails every day because, you know, standing up to do that, you know, whatever. Um, but like find find the stuff that is important to you, find an accommodation that works for it and allow yourself the flexibility of not feeling like shit for not doing the other stuff. If you're like, okay, I can't do this every day like I usually do, I'm going to set myself a reminder and once a week I'm going to do that thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then accept that, no, my new rule is once a week and and it's okay that I don't do it every day. It's fine. I'm, you know, I've I've made this decision, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, if you're struggling with body hair removal, maybe something like an electric shaver or an epilator would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't really require a ton of effort or pressure to do what they do. Mm -hmm. Although epilation is painful as fuck. I had to give it up. It was like not even worth the amount of pain that it caused me. (laughs) It's like, it's like if you were getting waxed, but they did it just individually hair by hair. It's so rough. Terrible. One more. This listener asked, I'm prone to UTIs after any kind of penetrative sex. Is there anything that can be done about this? Uh, I mean, peeing after sex. Um, You've probably heard that one already. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you have any stuff? I don't. Yeah. uh, I... When I feel a UTI coming on, which there is like some specific feelings associated with that for me, like some burning, Mm. some tingling, some pain, whatever, um, I will immediately drink a huge quantity of water and pee Mm. it out. I find that this works only if I catch it early because once it's progressed a few days, like I'm probably going to need to get antibiotics. It's probably not safe to leave it. Um, But if I can get it out really early, I find that it sometimes will just get flushed away. Okay. Uh, have your partner wash their hands before they touch that area. Uh, you should also wash your hands before you touch that area. Um, maybe they should wash their dick or, you know, make sure that your toys are very clean. Um, mm-hmm. Check to see if you maybe have a latex allergy or a sensitivity to the lube that you're using or the lube on uh, the condoms that you're using or what have you. That's sometimes a factor here. Staying very hydrated in general is a good way to protect against UTIs. People often recommend cranberry juice. As far as I understand, the research is mixed and the active ingredient in cranberry juice that actually helps with UTIs is called D-mannose, which is a powder Mm -hmm. that you can buy separately and just stir into water. That has sometimes helped me. God, I have so much UTI wisdom because I have a million of them in my life. <laughs> it's because I have had one and did not know until it went to my kidneys and the doctors were like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. I had had it for like months and they were like, you have a UTI. I was like, do I? Weird. Hmm. Just I'll no also symptoms. say uh, our, old friend, the, our old friend, the wet washcloth can also be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um 
give your junk a wipe down after sex. Yeah, that's that's probably all I got from my many years of struggling with UTIs. Since <laughs> more than I had, so yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Go to the doctor if it lasts longer than a few days. It is not worth mm-hmm. letting it travel to your kidneys. And I'm sorry if you live in the USA and have to pay a zillion dollars to do that. But, like, I don't want you to lose your kidneys, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Dildorks. I've been Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net. I have a book coming out in October, which you can pre-order at 101kinkythings.com. I have another podcast called Question Box, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where's your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find my writing and information about my workshops at bextalksex.com. I have two workshops coming up this month, so uh, you can go to my website or just search Bex Caputo on Eventbrite and see those. I would love to see you. They're on Zoom, so they're accessible from anywhere. Uh, I'm also extremely naked on the internet. That is at Billy Lore on Twitter, and you can find me on Just for Fans and Pocket Stars. I've been posting a couple of really cute threesome videos lately um so i'm excited to share those with people um so head over there for that uh together we're the dildorks we're at the dildorks on twitter and instagram and at the dildorks.com you could also go to patreon.com slash the dildorks to throw some money at us and help us keep doing what we're doing as you heard recently we just started a discord channel uh discord server for all of our Patreon supporters. So you get that by supporting at the $6 and up level. Uh, We've already got quite a few folks in there and been chatting with them all week, and it's been, like, really excellent. I'm actually really impressed by how fast that community kind of filled up and and has been growing, and I'm really excited to get to know all of you. Some of y'all are really fucking rad. Yeah, so we're asking that uh, if you're a current Patreon supporter, if you haven't already, please go to our Patreon and update your pledge to one of our mm-hmm. new tiers because we restructured everything and that's the way for you to get the rewards. I just set it today so that all of the new tiers have access to our old hypotheticals videos and audios, which is a really sweet perk. That's a ton of extra content. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd love to see you in the Discord and we would love to... Uh, have you as a patron. Thank you. At our $18 a month level, you do get a shout out on the show mm-hmm. every week. Uh, I'm going to name these names. If any of these people uh, would like to be referred to by a different name in the future, please let me know. DM me or email us or whatever, uh, and I will adjust that. But thank you so much to our top tier supporters, Amelia, Matthew, Nat, and Stabitha Christie. Love that name. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thank you so much to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Adorable. <laughs> Death is sexy. Yes. Anyway. Sometimes, if consensual. <laughs> anyway, consensually kill me or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, I don't actually know if I believe that someone can consent to be murdered. That's a, that's a tricky one. Consent to pretend. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm.